Welcome back and happy Thursday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny in for Bill the rest of the way, taking you up to 2 o'clock. Packers Cowboys coming up on Sunday. Big Mike's return to Lambeau. All the storylines, we'll talk about it. Coming up, leading into the 2 o'clock hour. Also, you got Badgers in Iowa. We'll touch on that as well. A lot more to come throughout the day today. But as we do every Thursday at noon, Mr. Paul Charchian is with us. GuillotineLeagues.com at Paul Charchian on Twitter. Paul, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Nice. I hope Bill's okay. So sending my best to Bill. Um, I want to believe that his sudden absence was not related to watching back last week's Packer game. <laughs> I, I cannot confirm nor deny that report if you wish to go that route. Uh, I, I will pass along your thoughts. I want to ask you first, Please. Paul. I'm sure you saw the video after the Vikings-Commanders game. Uh, where do you stand on this whole Kirk Cousins dancing with chains discussion? I, I like this Ice Cousins. People, this is, <laughs> it's really funny. Here, you know, in town, here in Minnesota, people have been largely really clammy towards Kirk Cousins, in part because he was sort of a no-fun quarterback. You know, he just went about his business. He went out and played generally pretty darn well and then went to church, and that was it. Nobody you know, Nobody had something they could sort of like emotionally attached to with Kirk Cousins. But now this shirtless Kirk, rocking abs, by the way, that nobody knew he had. Shirtless Kirk, all iced up with bling. That pe- this is it. This is finally the thing that made people warm up to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, the Vikings have one loss there in Buffalo this weekend. Unknown what Josh Allen will look like. I want to start, though. So I I struggle with math sometimes, and it's a 17-week year now. Like, 16 was so easy, you know, after week 8 or week 9 or whatever. You you knew when you were halfway through. Nowadays, I have absolutely no clue. But I guess we've reached the halfway point of the NFL season. When you look at... Uh, guys that have struggled and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense obviously fits into that category. Where are you looking to for the biggest rebounds, the biggest buy low midway through, if you can make a fantasy push going to the end of the year? If he, if I had to pick one candidate to be, have the biggest turnaround in the second half of the season, and you got to pick somebody who struggled a lot, right? Why are we even talking about this? How about Russell Wilson? The trade to this point has, has looked like a complete disaster. But Ben, let me let me let's do this. Let's wind back the clock to the day Russell Wilson got traded. If I told you that Wilson was going to need about six games to get in sync with an all new coaching staff, all new players, a totally new system, new vocabulary, would that have been a reasonable thing to say that it would take six weeks to get straightened out? Yeah, I would also say that head coach would need six weeks to learn end of game strategy. I'd, I'd pair those no, two together, yeah, well that, and that's. That's part of it, too. I, you know, I do think there's part of it. That coach has cost them wins. And, you know, when you're losing, your, co- your, your, your quarterback gets extra scrutiny for sure. Now, they played a seventh game. I mentioned sixth game. They played, they played a seventh game before last week's bye. That was the oddball London morning game that nobody saw because it was exclusively on ESPN Plus. So nobody saw it. But that was his best game of the year. Put up 252 yards. He had his at- deepest average passing day. And it, it was a nice game for him. Here's the key thing about Russell Wilson going forward. He has the easiest remaining schedule against the pass. Seven of the eight remaining games are strongly positive, including this week against Tennessee, next week against Las Vegas. Presumably Russell Wilson's at full health now. That will be new. His receivers have dropped 14 of his passes this year. 
that should get better now that you know you in theory getting on the same page all that stuff so you know if that shores up if wilson's healthy schedules accommodating i think your biggest turnaround here and i'm not saying he's going to be like fantasy gold but i think russell wilson who is available in most leagues at this point belongs to be on rosters and he can be a spot starter for you including this week all right and i'm sure he would also let everyone know about it when that does get turned around especially offensively let's talk uh charge this is a sad one for me the trade deadline for 10 minutes looked like the greatest thing ever i am a raheem mostert owner and they, yeah. uh, it, it looked like he was just free there it, it looked like he would be able mm-hmm. to be the guy and, and miami is this high-powered offense but then they bring in Jeff Wilson, and uh, it seems he had a pretty big day his first weekend there. What, what are you seeing in Miami? Yeah, I think you summarized it pretty well. It looked like Raheem Mostert was, you know, not a great back, but he was he was getting most of the work for a high-powered Miami offense. And then they traded for Jeff Wilson on five days with the team. All he did was get the most snaps, the most touches, and every single running reception for Miami. This thing looks like it's already over. It looks like they've already moved on to Jeff Wilson, where he most might be a spot start backup. That's it, or change of pace guy. I think Wilson's going to be the guy. We already know Wilson's a really good touchdown scorer who can be used near the stripe in a way that Mostert was not. There's a chance Jeff Wilson running with this offense. If he's going to get 65 70% of the work, he could be a top 10 fantasy factor, top 10 fantasy back the rest of the way. Oh goodness. I, I never really think mm-hmm. about the dolphins and top 10 fantasy back in the same sentence, at least in the last, I know. however many years, I more trade deadline. I mean, it, we've seen a week with these guys on new teams and McCaffrey went off. Uh, what do you see in San Francisco? And I guess also the matchup against the chargers over under a 45 and a half. You, you would think maybe points would be scored that uh, two offenses that definitely have potential, but what do you see looking forward with the San Francisco offense, with Debo there, with McCaffrey there, with Jimmy G, all those guys? So I think the fascinating part about Christian McCaffrey and his role in the San Francisco offense is going to be what happens with Debo Samuel in particular. So, And it's because they, they're, they're built on a little bit of the same mold. They're both versatile runners and receivers. And so I think there's going to be naturally some conflict between McCaffrey's usage and Samuel's usage. Then even before Christmas, McCaffrey got to San Francisco, Debo's rushing it largely dried up. Since week five, just four carries per game for Debo Samuel. And Christian McCaffrey figures to drop that number in half. Now he's maybe like one or two carries per game for Debo Samuel. That might be it. And in the one game that we saw, full game with Christian McCaffrey before the bye, he got targeted eight times. And where he gets targeted is on those shorter routes that Debo Samuel's known for, the bubble screens, the quick slants. I mean, that's the stuff that Debo's made a career on. And Christian McCaffrey's going to run a lot of routes in that same area. And on top of everything else, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk have been great lately. And I just think there's going to be some games where Samuel doesn't run a lot and McCaffrey runs a bunch of the route, gets a bunch of his routes and looks, gets a bunch of his looks and, Debo's going to have some down games that we never saw last year as an end result of this McCaffrey deal, I think. Man, their offense looks so good visually. I, it passes every eye test known to man with all those guys out there. Paul oh, Charge. Oh, sure. Just, yeah, just imagine if they had if they had a Kirk Cousins level. Yeah. What uh, that offense would look like, right? Just give me, you know, give me a, the 10th best passer 
where would they be? Right, right, 100%. Paul Charchian with us, guillotineleagues.com, at Paul Charchian on Twitter. Find his stuff there. Let's go to Thursday night tonight, Falcons-Panthers, a, a snoozer by many accounts. I feel bad for Mr. Herb Street that he has to continue calling these games while Al Michaels kind of sold out for the Amazon money anyway. I, how do you see this contest? Because I'm a Kyle Pitts holder, has not worked out well. The Falcons are feisty, yet somehow Pitts and Drake London are, aren't, you know, running their offense. Meanwhile, the Panthers, Baker Mayfield comes in at quarterback. They're figuring it out without McCaffrey. What are your big storylines coming up tonight? Well, it okay, Falcons-Panthers is, does not sound very fun, but I'll remind you, these teams played two weeks ago. They put up 71 points, and it went to overtime, and it, it was a thrilling end at that. As, as, at that. So, uh, also some rain and wind so you know maybe that'll throw an interesting x factor into the game so but it feels like this thing's going to go the other way probably low scoring these are not great offenses uh and not offenses that generally score a ton of points uh there's you'd mentioned a couple of different players let's talk kyle pitts one of the biggest frustration points for fantasy owners this year he's uh he's just hamstrung by atlanta's second lowest passing rate 22 passes per game is leather helmet stuff here so at only 22 passes per game, you just you just there's no upside. The good news for Pitts is his best and really only good game of the year was in this matchup two weeks ago. Five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown for Pitts. So the smattering of good tight ends to face Carolina have done well. Sackert scored. Uh, George Kittle had five catches for 50 yards. So if you you know we're going to start Pitts here, uh, but on the on the balance, he has not been very startable. But we're, we're cautiously optimistic he'll do okay in this game. Charge, I, I have to ask, the Cowboys are in Green Bay on Sunday, and yeah. I I don't know if there's any fantasy prospects for anyone on the Packers team, really, even Aaron Jones, who's banged up and not used nearly enough. I, do you think this is a big day for Cowboys running backs? Kind of how, how would you see this matchup and maybe players that could have a big day? Yeah, they're not on your team, unfortunately, uh, for you guys. I just I don't I don't have it right now, given you know what we do and don't know about Aaron Rodgers, uh, his availability to play, and the players around him. There's no part of the passing game that I think you can trust outside of Alan Lazard, who I'll, I'm going to give a starting grade to uh, when you. Uh, uh, but that's that's about it from the passing game. Now it's actually better from a fantasy standpoint if Aaron Jones doesn't play because then we'll know that A.J. Dillon's likely sitting on a heavy usage game. And at that point, I think he's, you know, he's a lot more startable if it works out that way. But my worry is that we're going to have Aaron Jones try to labor through the game. And how do you start him then? I mean, that's just, it's a, it's a really bad spot. And by the way, their run defense has been good. They've allowed the third fewest touchdowns to running back three all year. Their top four in receptions and receiving yards of running backs. I I don't I I don't know that there's much of anybody to here unfortunately. Mason Crosby uh, maybe if your league has kickers maybe the Packers can get in the field goal range. I don't know. I, let's last hope, one. Let's hope, let's hope field goals are still relevant. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, you know, that la- might be a factor. Last one before we let you go. Charge the Colts and Raiders are playing uh, a disgusting football game at three o'clock central time on Sunday. The Colts hired Jeff Saturday. Uh, Jeff Saturday had called the Raiders trash a week ago. Now Darren Waller just announced is going on IR aggravated his hamstring injury, but I, on the Colts side of it, former Badger, Jonathan Taylor lights it up last year. I, 
is, mm-hmm. are, are the Colts just done? Is all of this just done? Or can we have any hope for Taylor for the rest of this season? Well, it's only the halfway point of the season. You know what you were saying earlier. Um, what we need is we need Taylor to just be healthy. What, what it looks like he's doing is trying to grind through the season on the bad ankle. And we've seen other players do it. Zeke did it last year. Um, we saw uh, Saquon Barkley do it last year. And, you know, it, God bless him for suiting up every week, but the effectiveness just goes down so much. These players just aren't, aren't healthy and aren't good, and they can't, they, can't do anything, they can't do anything like what they normally would. They can only mostly do what their offensive line gives them, and in the case of Jonathan Taylor's line's give them nothing. So the good news is it's Raiders this week. Um, that is a bad run defense. Let's see here. Mm, I've got a good Raiders stat for you. They're allowing the seventh most total yards and tenth most touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. So, you know, there's that angle. So, that, you know, maybe they'll get a little something done here, but I don't think it gets better until Jonathan Taylor's healthy, and that's probably next year. All right, Charge, uh, appreciate the time, as always. I, I, hope Bill Thanks, is, I hope Bill feels better on Thursday and shield your eyes every time Adam Schefter's on Monday Night Countdown after a Kirk Cousins Shirtless. chain. Yes. I know. I, I, think every, I, I think every time that Kirk puts on the ice, which he might do after this, it's only away games on the plane ride home, right? <laughs> Vikings go to the Bills, and if the Vikings come away, maybe Josh Allen doesn't play in that game. Vikings come away victorious. You got the ice, baby. God. Oh, whatever. All right, Charge. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Talk to you next week. There he is, Paul Charchian. Paul Charchian on Twitter, guillotineleagues.com. Awesome stuff. As always, I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michaels Show, 877-867-1670. Zach will be back in here when we return. More chatter on Packers-Cowboys. I'm, I'm going to bring back up what we were talking about uh, when we took over for Bill at 11 and open up the phones when we return. How are you framing this Cowboys-Packers game on Sunday? To me, I I still have some semblance of hope or some semblance of expectation that eventually the offense has to look okay for a full game. Maybe I'm wrong for thinking that, but I expect there to be at least one Rodgers boom week that gives us hope going forward. And if it never comes, then so be it. But I still am holding out hope for one of those weeks. Maybe it's this week. But the way I'm going into this one is I expect to see a turnover-free game from the quarterback, I just some sort of consistent life on offense that we have not seen really for this entire season. So that's where I'm at going in. How would you frame Cowboys-Packers? Is there no hope? Where are you at with this contest? We'll touch on that when we return. Badgers against Iowa as well. We'll open up the conversation there. Talk some Jim Leonard. A lot more to come. Again, I'm Ben Kenny. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We've been losing because we've been losing, if that's what you're asking. You know, we suck because we suck. You know, I ain't got nothing to do with London. Nah. Since we're not executing, we keep doing the same thing every week. Play two halves of football, never four. That's just how it's been. Up on the Giants, 20, whatever, lost. The Jets, we did good, lost. So it's just, just games, just, we keep playing too high. Last week, Buffalo. Second half, we played great. First half, trash. Last week, same thing. And it's just, it has to come to where we can do, we can play more than two quarters. That is Rasul Douglas. We suck because we suck. 
how can you directly disagree? Um, I, I mean, to me at least, refreshing to hear the the honesty, right, the frankness of it. And given what's gone on this season, Zach Halperin is back. Uh, Bill Michaels show, 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. I, where are you at with this Packers-Cowboys game? How would you... F- uh, what's your mindset entering this contest? Are we are, are are we hopeless? Is this just a whatever they do positive, then great, but I can't really talk myself into anything? Or is it a there's a sliver of hope, maybe this offense can put together a game and ruin the Mike McCarthy party in Lambeau? I kind of sit with the latter where we stand today, but I, I totally understand all that, that sit with the former. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to chime and do it, Zach? I have some practice updates. Yay! Matt Lafleur was meeting with the media. Uh, he said Jonathan Abram, who they acquired from the Raiders, is at Lambeau right now. Should be at practice today, Sunday. I, what do you expect from Abram? I I kind of just think uh, special teams work. Can't see him playing a big role on defense. Maybe he fits into Darnell Savage's role down the line, but a special teams day. I think there's a lot of hope that with uh, Eric Stokes out, Darnell Savage will slide into the slot and be the slot corner, and then obviously Jonathan Abram would be his replacement in the safety. I think Darnell Savage needs to move no matter what, whether it's Jonathan Abram or somebody else back there, Rudy Ford, whoever you want, whoever you want to throw up, throw back there. Um, Darnell Savage needs a, a change of scenery within that defense. Um, so moving him up into that into the slot spot would make sense, especially with what you have now. Again, they may like Keyshawn Nixon there. It, it may not matter uh, that they that we think Darnell Savage needs to make a move. It's what they think is right now. So we'll see. I, I wouldn't expect Jonathan Abram to have too much of an, uh, an impact. Look, he didn't have much of an impact in four years in, in Oakland or in Oakland slash Las Vegas. He just he wasn't very. I mean, he wasn't very good. And he was part of those Mayox drafts that took Clayland Farrell from Clemson, top four. Everyone scratched their head at that one. They just, they came away from those drafts. I, I think they took a tackle early, too, that didn't work out from Alabama. Leatherwood, maybe. I, yeah, I feel like Jonathan Abram, when they took him, in the spot that they took him, which was six spots after Darnell Savage went, was it was an okay pick. Like I think there, there was a lot of people thought he was a first-round pick. He was awesome on Hard Knocks. I I remember I yeah. watching that season. I was like, oh yeah, th- this dude seems great. That was back when Gruden was there as well. Different juice there, definitely in Las Vegas than there than there was then. Also, Matt Schneiderman tweeting out David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins will both practice after not practicing yesterday. They will be limited. I mean, <laughs> hopefully he get both of them out there. I I don't know what to say. Hopefully David Bakhtiari can play the whole game. I mean, they had their offensive line that they wanted out there to start the game against Detroit, and then Runyon gets hurt, you know, and then it's just been an absolute turnstile. And it's, I mean, if you go back to Wisconsin, I know it's just because we focus on Wisconsin probably a little bit more than uh, most people that are listening to this, but it's the same exact thing with Wisconsin's offensive line. It's it both have just been drilled by injuries, and you've been forced to move guys around to try and get the best combination on the field, and you just haven't been able to situate and get it all set in. In past years, when that's happened with the Packers, it hasn't mattered. Like, they've been able to, for the most part, for the most part, uh, wipe out the 49ers playoff game last year. For the most part, they've been able to fill in and not have any issues. They have, that has not been the case this year. Yeah, the depth you lost this offseason plays into that, definitely. Well, yeah, I, not, not having a Lucas Patrick ability to be a starter or come off the bench or be able to play multiple spots. But, I mean, Josh Myers, I believe, has played every game this year. He may be the... 
He is, has. He, is he the only one that's played every game this year? I think so. Well, Runyon, I think Runyon's played every game this year too. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely been the most the most stable up there. I'm I, not saying good. I'm just saying he's been there. Yeah, I like the Wisconsin comp though, because I mean, I I just like being able to learn things from other. I we follow certain programs closer than others, but I think you can learn a lot when you when you look across the country or look across different sports. I was going to ask this before, but go. What would these two programs, uh, these two teams, Wisconsin and Green Bay, look like if Jim Leonard had said yes to being the defense coordinator last year, going into and taking over his, instead of Joe Barry? What What are the fortunes of these two franchises and, and programs looking like? Well, frankly, and I, I thought about that a couple of weeks ago when the Barry talk really heated up. I feel like, I, I think it was after Buffalo. I feel like the Packers would be in a similar spot. The defense would probably be playing better, but would they have beat the Niners? I uh, Hard to say. The they, defense played as well as you could. The defense had no role whatsoever in that loss. Right. I think the Packers would be in a similar spot because also uh, the defensive coordinator is going to take heat no matter who you are in Lambeau and all the offensive struggles. I, I, don't, I don't think Leonard would have fixed where the Packers are. However, Wisconsin-wise, they'd be in some trouble. <laughs> uh, big, big trouble if Jim Leonard had left, no doubt. Yeah. 877-867-1670. Where are you at with this Packers-Cowboys game? Uh, and if you are on the Packers side of the fence solely, do you wish Leonard had, had maybe gone? Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got here? Uh, yeah, this is Hector in Alaska. What's up, Hector? What's on your mind, man? Um, so I... Uh, I try to keep an unbiased opinion because I married into a Packer family, but I'm a Ravens fan, um, and we know how to manage our, our businesses, I guess, except for signing a QB. So maybe we'll be in a similar situation. <laughs> well, and but, uh, uh, and assembling a, a wide receiver room around that quarterback, something both the Packers and Ravens have struggled to do. Yes. Right, yeah. But I feel like Rodgers is that toxic girlfriend you just can't get rid of. Like, you tell her we're breaking up, but he's, and then she says, no, we're not. And then you just move on with your lives. And you, you at this point, you've given – the organization gave Rodgers everything he wanted. He got the $50 million, He got Randall Cobb. He got new coach. Uh, everything that he wanted. And now it's time for him to give a little as well. I think if they lose the next two games, not even three, if they give the next two, I think after that it's time for Jordan Love only because – there's no way Rodgers is missing out on $50 million next year, uh, I don't think. And so the odds of him coming back would be good. So even if you put Jordan Love in and you end up getting a high draft pick and you don't need a QB, get a top wide receiver. That's that's one of the things that would have solved the, you know one of the problems right away from the jump instead of taking Jordan Love, take a wide receiver. So it could all you know, work out in the end, but I don't think it's time to rebuild. I don't think it's time to tank, but I think it's time for Rogers to kind of put his pride away and do what's best for the organization that done everything that they could for him. I got you. I appreciate the phone call, Hector. I, when it comes to love, I will say this. I, Zach, I mentioned the next three games as if they're three and nine, they're out of the playoffs. Like, and I wouldn't expect them to win every other game to maybe sneak into a spot. That is maybe when the line could be drawn there's no way I'm putting Jordan Love out there for his first start this season in Philadelphia on Sunday night, right? You don't want that Jordan Love and coming after your undefeated Eagles? 
Well, I think he'd. I, it would be hilarious. The offense would, might fare better, but how do you throw him in to that situation? If like we want to see what Jordan Love has, okay, let's throw him against a possible undefeated team with a great defense, a great secondary, a great pass rush. No, you do it, and I, I forget who they play after the Eagles. But this is a, a, a tough stretch with with Dallas and with Tennessee on Thursday, and then in Philly, and then you go to Chicago. Do it in Chicago. Their defense sucks. Do it in Chicago. That would be the ultimate uh, changing of the guard there, wouldn't it? It, it, it <laughs> Justin, would. Justin Fields goes up and down the field against the Packers defense, and Jordan Love struggles, and all of a sudden, Justin Fields owns the Packers. The owner of the of the Bears sitting on the sideline watching his the future of the pro, of the uh, franchise taking his reps. Ugh. Yeah, that would be odd. The storylines there. Aaron Rodgers, I will. I'll put a bet out right now. And whether you like this or not, whether you want it to happen or not, I'll tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers is going to start every single game this year unless he gets hurt or unless this thumb injury is more significant and uh, than, than we're being led to believe. He's going to start every game this year. I have no doubt. Whether you agree with her or not, I don't, you know, that's up to you. Whether you think that should be the case or not. I, I just can't imagine them going the other way with it. Again, I wasn't thinking Paul Chris was getting fired in the middle of the year either. Mm-hmm. But this just this just feels like something you don't do to that player. Also, yeah, with from Lafleur's perspective, with everything that has happened in the off seasons to bring him back, like I go two off seasons ago, they're flying out to California and all that stuff. Lafleur's no doubt worked really hard to cultivate the relationship and and make it a, a positive one or what seemed like it would lead him. to a lot and, and protect, protect him. him. Yeah, I mean, taking blame for absolutely everything. It's, it's not that he's just protecting Rogers, but he protects his players as well as any coach that I've seen. And I know there's some people that don't like that. Like sometimes you have to be owned. You have to, you have to own up to your mistakes, but I don't think you have to own up to him in the public behind closed doors. Okay. In the public, he is, he has owned that. And I, I think if you're a player, you respect the heck out of it, but still, I would like to see LaFleur say more things during press conferences so I could put it on my drop board. Yeah. Selfishly. Yep. And very open. I, I'm against the same cliche answers because I want interesting stuff said. However, I understand why he does it. And I, I mean, he's, he's pretty good at it. 877-867-1670. I, I mean, there is a scenario where the Packers still miss the playoffs, but maybe we see some sort of growth from the offense. And, and maybe Roger starts to play uh, turnover free close ish to what last year was like there could be a turning point and maybe it's reached after a couple more losses which makes it seem very worthless but when the rams come into town uh, the rams are nothing to write home about uh, especially offensively their defense still a lot of talent going to miami is going to be tough especially defensively trying to stop tua and those wide receivers but then you host the vikings and you host the lions like i i could still see the scenario where it might not lead to everything we expected when the year started, but if you could try to build positive things, maybe this is just positive Kenny talking out of his ass. But like I, I don't know. I'm talking myself into there being something on Sunday that could flip some sort of switch because it's still Matt LaFleur, who we think is a very smart offensive coach, and it's still Aaron Rodgers, who is a two-time reigning MVP and, and no doubt Hall of Famer, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And also... And also- been compared to Carson Wentz by positive Ben Kenny. Uh, I, I compared, I, I would say, related to. <laughs> I'm not comparing the two. I just get the same vibes of, you know, I, with Wentz, it's always the O line and it's always the receivers suck. But eventually, 
It was just because Wentz was playing bad. And with the Packers, yes, the receivers have given him nothing. And Sammy Watkins probably should not be on the field. And the offensive line has been a turnstile. But also, when it does work, when they get to the goal line, he has made poor throws. And, and he had, like, he is the reason they lost against the Lions. They were the number one red zone offense in the league two years ago. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, it's and last year there were the weird problems. Yeah. Where they would get there a lot of field goals. Yeah. They were not as good as yeah, clearly they were middle of the pack last year. And I, I guess I probably shouldn't be talking out of my <clears throat> at this point saying where they are in the standings. Just based on last week, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over in the red zone. It just doesn't happen. Especially in the end zone. And for it to happen three times. Oof. Eight seven seven, eight six seven, sixteen seventy. If you want to chime in, do it. We're gonna step away. When we return, Zach, the D.C. Attorney General, as Bill and I had discussed yesterday and on the huddle last night, has announced a big, big headlines coming in Washington. They relate to Mr. Dan Snyder. It is uh, it's a sit back and get a bowl of popcorn moment. I'll tell you what the attorney general had to say when we return. He is Zach Halpern. I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, Bill Michael Show. Ben Kenny, Zach Halpern, taking you to two o'clock. Bill, likely back tomorrow. We'll check in. Not feeling great. Had to, had to step away after the first hour of the program. Zach, Matt Schneiderman tweets out, Packers practice update with Dallas coming up on Sunday. Not practicing for the Packers. Eric Stokes, Shamar John Charles, Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, Romeo Dobbs, and Mercedes Lewis. But Mercedes Lewis, veteran rest day, I guess, as normal. Yep. Rodgers, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, and Sammy Watkins return to the field after not practicing yesterday. Yay. So there's your... Packers practice update. We'll we'll keep talking Packers and the the thoughts and the vibes entering this game and whether there's actually something we can we could take away from it aside from I I hope it's competitive I guess sitting here. However, there is a uh, there is a headline sweeping the world not only the NFL world right now. DC Attorney General Carl Racine announces about twenty minutes ago that his office is filing suit against Dan Snyder, Roger Goodell, the commanders, and the NFL for, quote, colluding to deceive the residents of D.C. on their workplace climate. Racine says it was done to maximize profits and protect their image. We've obviously heard a lot about uh, certain fees or uh, the commanders coming after people for deceased family members and season ticket uh, guaranteed, uh, whatever the word is, deposits. They've they've been scamming Commanders fans or Redskins fans or football team fans or, or whatever. And uh, the D.C. Attorney General has not only said Dan Snyder, but also Goodell, the Commanders, and the NFL. You will not F with these residents. This comes after the Commanders put out the biggest joke in the history of PR statements last night. Pretty much saying, uh, hey, we we helped you out when our running back got shot. And now you're going to come after us as a way to deflect. But, uh, oh, but, but what about a running back in the gun crime? Which, come on now. Uh, so they're, they're coming hard at, at Mr. Snyder. 
And I guess my first thought is the NFL's included in this. Goodell's included in this. There is no way in the world Dan Snyder does not sell the team. Well, he's already said he's going to sell the team. Yeah, he has uh, started to look at avenues. No, that's it's going to get sold. There's just no way that there's no way at this point. I don't care what he has or what he thinks he has on other NFL owners. There's going to be 24 of them that do not want him around anymore, and they're going to either force him out or force him to sell it. He's either getting it taken away from him and it's going up for bid, or he's going to or he's going to sell it and move on. Like that's that's what it's going to be. Hey, look, you just scammed an entire city of residents and football fans. Here is $7 billion. Yeah. Messed up how the world works sometimes. <laughs> it was Welcome to the world, Ben. It was pointed out that uh, Racine, who I guess his term is ending, coming up soon, didn't run for re-election, but the, the guy coming in for him, attorney general office, is a friend or colleague, or they they view things the same, so the change in terms will not affect whatever is going to go wasn't, on. Wasn't that part of the statement too? Uh, I believe a, so. A, a guy, yeah, moving on. Yes. He's got yes. something else he can do. Part of the commander statement, he wanted to get a final shot, I think is how yeah. they framed it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for Discovery. I am excited. Like, not a big Law & Order fan traditionally. I was always into NCIS and CSI, that version of crime show. However, I, I'm kind of a sucker for courtroom, big real-life drama, and I, we're kind of getting it with PGA Tour and Live, though I'm not going to talk about it or else you will leave. But I, we're going to get this here. Like They go into this, the discovery phase, and, and they live stream that somewhere. That, that could do better than Thursday Night Football, it I'm could. being honest. Amazon should pick that up. I, or, or the commanders should stream it, try to get some money s- out of that. Salvage like their, their image. Twitter should grab it. Yeah, help with, help with those. Uh, help with the, help with that losing four million dollars a day thing that that uh, Elon is talking about. God, God, um, I, I did have to double check the accounts that have tweeted this information. Yeah, that's a problem to make sure they're not just complete scams. But it's true. Uh, DC coming hard at the Commanders and the NFL. I, I mean, it's messed up that you could have workplace sexual misconduct and everything that Snyder has allowed and done, but then the one thing that tips them over the edge is the money. But as Bill has said for months when we've been monitoring this story, I, it, it makes sense. You mess with the NFL guys' wallets, they're going to come hard at you. So there's that. Uh, the Commanders also will play a football game this weekend, which is crazy to, like, Ron Rivera seems like an amazing guy, and I can't imagine being the players and being the coaches and having to go out and play. And we heard Rivera before the Packers played him. that They asked him about Snyder. And he was like, okay, I, I don't want to answer any more of this. Focus on the players. Focus on the field. All that stuff is on the side. I, I can't imagine being able to go play football and operate normally with all this going on. Yeah. The, the uh, one thing that everybody wants to see is that report, right? And everyone wants to see that, that report, that Beth Wilkinson report that she did, that the NFL did not end up releasing. And apparently the AG said that they are uh, seeking a court order that would force them to release that. In yeah. which case, we would all get an eye on it. And I kind of agree with everybody else. I mean, the NFL should have taken Washington to task for this. And I know you don't want to – I know Goodell works for the owners, and I get that whole thing. But you have to be able to hold your clubs accountable. And they have not held Washington and Dan Snyder accountable for anything. Jim Ursay tried. He tried, and now he looks like a complete <laughs> and utter freak, even though – 
He is. But he's not <laughs> wrong about Dan Snyder. Like, he's not wrong. What he's doing this week kind of uh, doesn't help his argument with, with, about Dan Snyder and, and people, like, taking something legitimate that he's saying. But, hey, you you are the franchise owner of, what, one of 32 teams here that you that one of the most treasured things, I think, uh, in, in sports is being an NFL owner. Like, if that's like a, a status symbol, I think, for a lot of these guys. If you want to do what you want to do, do it. Even though that you're not necessarily the one that made the money to buy the team. Yes, uh, which you can look at a lot of issues and uh, generational wealth is and Jim, tough in that regard. Jim Irsay, certainly part of that. Yeah. Uh, more from, from Racine, David Aldrich tweeting all of this out. He said, uh, the NFL, quote, turned a blind eye about the investigation to Mr. Snyder's attempts to prevent victims and witnesses from talking to investigators. He said, quote, we will issue subpoenas. We will seek testimony under oath. I promise you, just a hunch, the depositions will not take place on a yacht, but in a courtroom in the District of Columbia. What a line. Wow. They brought it. I'll be honest. I didn't even know Dave, where David Aldridge was these days outside of NBA 2K. Like, I didn't even... He's like still a sideline guy for that, but I, where is he? What's he, what's he doing these days? Um, does he work for? Is he work for? Doesn't say. It uh, the athletic DC. Okay, all right. He still works for the NBA and Turner probably. Okay, and yeah, uh, but the athletic DC, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah, I saw his name. That's the first thought I had as well. Right. Uh, Racine also said in his eight years as the city's attorney general, his office has clawed back. 125 million in restitution through payments and penalties from lawsuits from people convicted of violating said uh, whatever the commanders violated. Uh, and he was asked if the lawsuit would go away if Snyder sells the commanders. Racine said if he sells the team, he is still a defendant. The conduct at issue was during a time period where there was no other owner. Yeah, man. All right. So you mentioned the players, right? Like trying to block this out. Apparently they were furious like they, they've been able to do a good job blocking it out until they brought brian robinson's name into it yeah which is the most messed up part i'm gonna go back and find the exact statement we talked about it on the huddle last night but I, so, so this is from jp finlay who works for nbc in washington and said um uh, quote, I've heard it's different now. Players are mad. Lawyers tried to bring or use Brian Robinson, a rookie, in their rebuttal about business issues. Might not say it publicly, but guys are pissed. This is the exact statement put out. I, I, I can't believe this was a real statement. And I, listen, I went to journalism school. We learned about public relations because that's a big part of it. And I, I cannot fathom anybody in their right mind putting this out as a statement, unless maybe Snyder himself did it. And then it makes some sense. Quote, less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight. Despite the out-of-control violent crime in D.C., today the Washington commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the attorney general will be holding a press conference to, quote, make a major announcement relating to the organization tomorrow. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And yes, again, they will play a football game this weekend. What a what a crazy soap opera the NFL is right now. And a lot of the talk with the Rodgers thing and the wide receivers and the GM here in Green Bay, Zach, was what if the Packers had an owner? Would things be different? I think clearly there is an avenue where if you have an owner, he's a complete and utter scumbag and he destroys your entire franchise. And that is what we are seeing in Washington. <laughs> 
877-867-1670. We'll hit your calls when we return. You want to talk uh, about the commanders? More than welcome to. Hit the top of the hour. Some Badger Iowa chatter as well. A lot more to come. Zach Heilprin, Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers holding practice, getting ready to face the Cowboys. Linebacker Rashawn Gary season officially over, placed on injured reserve after suffering a torn ACL Sunday in Detroit. Yesterday, they claimed former first-round draft pick Jonathan Abrams off waivers from the Raiders. He was teammates with Packers defensive back Sean Nixon, who was asked what Abrams can bring to this defense. Um, not just to the defense, to the team. Um, physical. Football savvy, you know, you understand the game. I mean, it's going to be good for us, honestly. You know, bring us uh, another guy who run through walls, hit, you know, physical. Um, he knows the game. He's a good person to be around. He's going to be a good addition to the team. Defensive back Eric Stokes spoke to reporters while on crutches and using a walking boot. Stokes asked if he thought the turf at Ford Field factored in his knee and ankle injuries. I'm 100% going to say that the turf, but um, it is what it is, you know. I don't like turf, but, you know, I'm not going to get too much into that. But I've seen the film of it. Foot got stuck behind and a couple people landed on top of me with my foot behind me, so it's not a good image. Aaron Rodgers said out practice after throwing three interceptions against the Lions, still bothered by that thumb injury on his right hand. I threw last week and didn't feel like uh, it was a positive for me going into Sunday, so I felt like today was uh, better to just do rehab up here than go down and and watch practice once the team started, but it was better for me to get that hour and a half in up here than down there throwing a football. The Packers now have 17 players on the injury list. How much has that contributed to a five-game losing streak? Matt LaFleur. If I say yes, I, I feel like I'm making an excuse. So, like, it just, it, it's it's football. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. He is Zach Heilfern. I'm Ben Kenny. We are in for Bill, taking you the rest of the way. Zach and I will also be live tonight, 5 to 6 o'clock, Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Come say hello. Talking Badgers, Iowa. Talking uh, about Wisconsin's win against Maryland the rest of the season. Wisconsin's chances to win the West, Zach. I have started to crunch the numbers like I guess the people expected. Like I expected. I think everyone expected it. A lot of disappointed people on Tuesday for the show, but thankfully, thankfully, you've stepped up to the uh, the challenge. As I've said, I've disappointed in the past, and I probably will again. So what can I say? But yeah, my brain was just in, in a lot of pain before Bill's show yesterday because I got here early to do it, and I was at it for like an hour. And then I was I realized, one, my handwriting sucks, and I can't follow any of the flowchart I made. I, I tried to follow it. It's, it's impossible. I know. It's really tough. But that's just how my brain moves too fast for my, my hands, and that's always been – I've just struggled to, to write legibly my whole life. And then I, I tried to explain it and uh, whatever. Uh, at Benzie Kenny on Twitter, there's a picture up if you want to try to follow it. Uh, it. It's like a corn maze. I tried. I tried for about five minutes. I'm like, this is just stupid. I'm just going to have him tell me it. Yep. Uh, so tonight, 5 to 6, Monks and Sun Prairie, we'll be talking about that. 
Badgers, Iowa. I, I mean, I'm stoked for this game. And we're going to get into it at, after the top of the hour. We'll take your Packers calls as well, 877-867-1670, about hope for this weekend, about uh, things you're watching, how you would frame this contest. Last Sunday, I thought Packers-Lions was a game for the Packers defense to step up and try to right the ship at, from where they stand. That happened. Clearly, offense completely let them down. This weekend, I mean, I'd say it's the offense, but I don't know how much expectation I could really bring in. I just, there's hope there. There's hope that something can get turned around. So, however you would frame this weekend against the Cowboys, love to hear that. 877-867-1670. One hour left to go. We'll talk Badgers, Iowa. We'll play you some some Jerry Jones audio, some some humorous comments that we also ran a little bit earlier. A lot more to come. Zach Halpern, Ben Kenny, in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.